We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, we welcome in Tim Fitzgerald. So happy that Tim could take time out of his busy day of trolling Oklahoma and Texas fans on social media. Um, Tim, th- thanks for the time. I know it's been a busy time for you. Yeah, I, I know. I've taken up a hobby. Uh, yeah, I've stopped. I, I've, I've stopped. I, I think. Uh... My point was proven, even though they didn't get it. But anyhow, uh, it's an off week for K-State. It's an off week for me. Um, And I'm going to watch a lot of football this weekend. Are you watching KU-Oklahoma? Is that where your most attention is? Nine and a half points? I mean, that's 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 an interesting game. It is. I I picked KU to win outright, Um, even with the backup quarterback. I, I, I don't think Oklahoma is all there. I think we've seen over the last three games, Oklahoma steadily uh, disintegrate. K-State kind of started the process. It just jumps out at me that TCU players said it looked like the Oklahoma guys didn't even want to play once they fell behind. And that looked obvious against Texas in the 49-0 game. I don't see how Brett Venables gets them back together in the course of one week. And I think KU is a lot better than some people thought. Maybe they're mid-level in this conference, but I still think they win this game. Fitz, I got to ask you a simple question going back to last weekend. How weird was Ames, Iowa on Saturday night? They got great fans, uh, but it's always a little bit off kilter up there. There's just always something a little strange about things. And 
you know, you know, the fact that they worship a bridge now, they build a $12 million pedestrian bridge, which actually, when you see it in person, you could understand the price tag, why it costs that much. I don't know why they spent that much on a pedestrian bridge, but uh, they're, they're awfully proud of it. But to get out of Ames at, with a night game um, and victory is rare. This was the first time in the regular season the Cyclones have lost in their all-black jerseys. So uh, that is also exceedingly rare. They lost to Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game wearing those. But um, it's, a, it's a really different atmosphere, but they are great fans up there. They really are. I, I I saw Chris Kleiman after the game react the way that he did, and he was like visibly ecstatic that they won that game. And right. I get it, right? It was ugly. Uh, they had plenty of opportunities to lose that game, but they didn't. And despite the way it was played, I mean, I think most of us sort of felt the same way Kleiman did, and it was. Like, we got out of here. Like, let, get on the bus and let's go. Like, w- weird is an understatement. I mean, you had you had fumbles on breakaway plays that are uncharacteristic. K-State's top two defenders, what was it? It was like the first two plays defensively, each of them leave the field. Yeah. Like, you could tell right away it was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be one of those games. Yet, right. unlike Here's- Tulane, K-State got out of there. Yeah, and that brings you right into, do they win this game without that Tulane losing performance? Do, do they learn a lesson in there? And um, I, I also like to contrast what happened to Iowa State at Kansas where they had those things go wrong. They had little things that, you know, set them back, and they couldn't find a way to win. And then a week later, someone came into their place, had things go wrong, and did find a way to win. Uh, so that's going to be very frustrating for the Iowa State football camp that they're now 0-3 in the conference, while K-State is 3-0, and 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 that's what the two teams look like together on the field. But, man, when you know how to win close games or, or you tend to lose close games, this happens. And Matt Campbell's history at Iowa State is he's lost a lot of close games, which I think is odd considering um, how you know respected he is in, in certain circles. So uh, getting out of there with a victory, look, K-State does get an off week, but then they go to TCU – next week and guys that means three out of four on the road to open big 12 play that's a steep hill um and k-state's three and oh with the potential being four and oh and if they can do that uh they will really kind of be in the driver's seat yeah we know that iowa state's defensive strategy has been to stop the run and and they did a a pretty good job at that bottling up deuce vaughn uh on on saturday night and really dared adrian martinez to beat the Cyclones with his arm. He was 12 and 19, 246, one touchdown. He had a couple of home run balls to, um, you know, Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks and that fumble on the goal line, you know, probably uh, definitely should have been another touchdown for Martinez through the air. How do you feel about Martinez's overall development? We saw him able to beat the Cyclones with his arm on Saturday night. Yeah, this was very interesting because I agreed with the statement. I was just kind of amazed he said it. Chris Kleiman said, I don't care what the stats indicate. This was Adrian Martinez's best game as a quarterback here because it was one of those leadership things that doesn't show up with the stats. One of those, you know, kind of determined leader playing through his own injuries because he was pretty beaten up that game, finding a way to pick up key first downs, even when they had a backup running back in. 
Um, I thought it was a really gutsy performance for Adrian, overcoming that fumble, finding a way to get down the field to kick the field goal that ended up being the game-winning points. He's really uh, kind of come into his own, and he's going to have to be really good and stay healthy on the back half of the season and, um, in case they could have a very special season. But this is that was exactly why they brought him in. The, at the end of the day, the two defenses were really good. Both offenses struggled. Special teams was kind of neutral, kind of a tie. I, I think it came down to the leadership and play of the two quarterbacks. A sophomore for Iowa State in his first year of starting that got honestly pretty rattled at times in that game. And Adrian Martinez, who stayed pretty cool, calm, and collected throughout most of the contest. So I, I think uh, we saw exactly why they wanted Adrian Martinez in Manhattan. And he shouldered the load, too. I mean, to, to your point, like he yeah. knew and it was clear that he had to be the guy and he went out and he and he embraced that, which seems like growth from what we saw early in the year. That's good. Uh, the other, you know, superstar on that offense, Deuce Vaughn, are we in a situation where this could not be a better timed bye week? How healthy is he? Because we see we've seen him hobbled now a few times. Yeah, that too was interesting. Chris Kleiman got into injuries quite a bit on Tuesday's press conference, which, you know, as you guys know, covering Kansas State, you spent a lifetime not hearing much about injuries at all. Um, you know, he was pretty honest. He said they're really beaten up after that game. Not that it was a dirty game. It was just an incredibly physical, defensive-driven game. And that they would have had a number of key players have to miss this weekend's game if they had played. And I think that includes Deuce Vaughn because he was pretty clear he was not available to come back into the game on Saturday night in Ames once he got hurt. And they had to go with DJ Giddens, the redshirt freshman, who played extremely well. Uh, and he went on to say that it looks like as of now, the only player in doubt from those injuries for TCU would be Khalid Duke. Uh, but the fact that he might be able to go indicates to me that it's soft tissue, it's a fold muscle or something, uh, and not structural. So they got out of that game battered and bruised, but not no severe injuries. And they're very thankful to have this off week so they can heal up. Yeah, you mentioned uh, getting an, an opportunity to, to rest a little bit and get some of these guys healthy during the bye week. After that, the schedule is really tough, and the Big 12 is solid. TCU, 13 in the country. Uh, then after that, the the Cowboys at Oklahoma State come into Manhattan, and then the Longhorns. It's a big three-week stretch, and actually longer than that after the bye week is over with. How do you feel overall about where the, uh, the, the schedule lands and sort of where the Wildcats are in their progression right now? Yeah, it's everyone's going to have these stretches in the conference this year, and KU doesn't help the situation at all because they're pretty darn good this year. But this is an amazing stretch. You know, even though you've gone to Oklahoma um, already, you've gone to Iowa State already and had Texas Tech in between, uh, that looks like an easy stretch compared to what you're about to face, and that's incredible. Uh, and that's even with the down Baylor team in you know four weeks out that, that uh, I think is still going to have a lot to say in the Big 12. But yeah, this is we're going to find out about this team. We're going to find out about the state of this program over this stretch. Uh, you know, certainly in the next two weeks, if Kansas State can find a way to win um, against those ranked opponents that are ahead of them or near them uh, in the rankings, but uh, behind them right now in the standings for the Big 12, that will set the tone. I mean, that'll put them in the absolute driver's seat uh, before finishing up at West Virginia and back for Kansas State. 
um, or for Kansas at K State on Thanksgiving weekend. What what's fascinating is by starting three out of four on the road in conference play in a year when you only have four at home, that means you do finish with three out of five at home, which is the opposite of what Kansas is facing, four out of six on the road here. Um, so it, you know, you've got to take care of your home field. And it's ironic that their one loss is not only a non-conference loss to a team you thought they would beat, but at home. Uh, so that just tells you everything you need to know about this season. You better come prepared to play absolutely everyone on that schedule. And TCU and Oklahoma State, the next two, they play each other this week. That becomes yeah. one of, if not the top game of the weekend. It's certainly in the conversation. I, I don't know who I'd give the nod out of those two teams. I still think I lean OSU. I, I've thought that, you know, coming in, they were the favorite. I, I don't think they've done anything to dissuade that from me. Um, that looks like it's going to be a great game this weekend. Do you have a lean on that? Or, or who do you think has been the best team in the Big 12 so far? Uh, it's a fascinating weekend in the conference with, you know, not just the, the pairings, but, you know, the odds makers. You know, they've got, uh, Oklahoma, a four-point underdog at TCU, and um, I think that's the wrong favorite. I think Oklahoma, or Oklahoma State, excuse me, Oklahoma State is the best team in this conference right now. Um, and uh, I, I'm not fully sold on TCU. I think they're very good. I think they're upper half of this conference. They showed that at Kansas, but I, I'm just worried that that defense won't hold up in compared to the other defenses we've seen in this conference. Uh, so. Uh, that is a very interesting game to me. I have Oklahoma State winning that game straight up also on the road. Um, so I, I think uh, it's it's really fascinating how the odds fell this weekend. As an aside, at Iowa State, you know, Texas is favored by 17 points. Uh, if that offense can score on that Iowa State defense enough points to win by 17, Texas is really good. So um, it's, it's going to be a really interesting week to see how these games play out. Yeah, it, I, I agree with you. Texas, and I didn't know about Texas until Oklahoma, and I still don't know what to make of that game because we don't know what to think about Oklahoma. But, yeah. I mean, I there's I think there's a world where Baylor plays themselves back into the mix for sure here. I mean, in reality, I think you can count out West Virginia, and I think at this point you can count out Oklahoma, and now you can count out, on, count out Iowa State. But I think of right. the remaining teams, it should not surprise us when any of those remaining teams play each other, who wins those games, right? Like, it, it could go either way, no matter which team plays which team of those other teams not mentioned. It's going to be, you know, not, not a toss-up or a coin flip, but pretty dang close to it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, the way these this conference lines up this year, it's really going to be about individual matchups, about two teams fit together as much as the strength of, you know, overall strength of a particular team. That's what makes it such a challenge. You you might have a game where you're clearly the superior team, but you know, your opponent's able to execute things that give you particular specific problems. That's really what happened in the Tulane game. They did such a good job of tackling and staying um, true to their assignments on defense that it just frustrated Kansas State all, all game. And that's going to happen again you know, throughout the league and, and that type, exactly that type of performance Iowa State is capable of putting out there. If they can put up 17 points on an opponent, they can win that game with that defense. So I think Iowa State still will be able to influence this a little bit, but you're right. It's, this conference is breaking off now into, you know, maybe an upper echelon uh, that, you know, 
it's about four teams, but they also uh, clearly have a bottom echelon right now because those those teams are really struggling. Uh, Tim Fitzgerald, K-State Insider, mm-hmm. gopowercat.com to find all the great content. And I, I, I'll finish with this because it's just sort of more of a college football observation. And this has always been my issue at at its core with college football and the way it determines its champion is you almost – you know, it's almost a self-inflicted wound to have a really good league. In a year like this, where I do mm-hmm. think there are five, not just good teams in the league, but good teams in general, they're going to beat each other up. And there's essentially no chance then that any of them are going to play in, you know, the final four. Maybe if OSU or TCU can run it off and finish unbeaten. That's really the only shot, though, and that seems so unlikely but it's it's such a strong league this year, and that almost hurts the league. Whereas in other years when the league was down, but like Oklahoma was really good, right? Oklahoma can sort of coast through and get in. That's not the way it should be. Like we should we should reward conferences for being this tough. And good lord, could we please get conference champions into a playoff? Yeah, you're exactly right. You're right about all that, um, and that's why I think. Um, you know, a 12-team playoff is going to really change change things in certain years, you know. For the most part, right now, a 12-team playoff just makes more people feel good, which has great value. To be able to say you've consistently made the playoff uh, will mean something in college football that we've consistently been a top-12 team doesn't state. <clears throat> so it, that that'll be helpful. But I, I had a speaking engagement yesterday, and I brought up the 2003 Wildcats that went through a really bad phase with injuries and, you know, absences of key players. But by the end of the season, they were able to beat Oklahoma to win the Big 12 championship. I, I sit here and wonder what that team would look like in a expanded playoff as, you know, probably like a six or seven seed. Uh, that would have been a team nobody would have wanted to mess with after they just beat Oklahoma, which – you know, may I remind you, still got into the national championship game after getting their you-know-what handed to them on, in the Big 12 title game. Um, you know, that's that's an expression of uh, brand privilege right there and and also how good K-State could have been in an expanded playoff format way back when. So I'm looking forward to the expansion of the playoff because you're right. Uh, champions belong in, uh, just like the NCAA tournament, and maybe we'll get some underdogs that are allowed in and, you know, possibly play and and that'll I think that'll add a lot of flavor to what you know we we call our college football playoff and and it's counterintuitive to American sports to not allow teams that get better as the season goes on to have a chance to prove that yeah we may may not have been the best team in week one but we think we're the best team in week 12 but if you screw up in week one you don't even get the opportunity it makes zero sense and I can't believe we've allowed it for so long but I, I hopefully it will change Anyway, uh, we'll we'll steer back from that. It's a game week next week. It's TCU. Uh, what kind of things do you guys have coming up at Go Power Cat before we get into that game next Saturday? Well, we're doing a lot of uh, of our daily delivery videos and podcasts this week. We've got two editions of our questions podcast. We actually did two editions of our post game podcast. Um, once I got back and was able to connect with our our football analyst Brian Hanley, a former offensive lineman for the Cats. So we've got a number of podcasts up and, you know, some really fun coverage. We've got a story up right now about uh, Skylar Thompson starting for the Dolphins and the fact that Chris Kleiman has four quarterbacks that uh, he coached uh, at some point uh, in the NFL uh, 
able to start. So that's just really impressive, too. And uh, lots of coverage at Go Power Cat. Just go check it out. All right. Tim Fitzgerald, we appreciate it. You can find Tim on Twitter. Of course, Go Power Cat. Let's do this again next week ahead of what will become the biggest game on K-State's schedule. Here's something to mull after I'm gone. If K-State runs the table, does that Tulane loss cost them a chance at the football playoff? Yes, it will. And that mm-hmm. sucks. Would it cost Oklahoma the same thing? Uh, if it was against Tulane, that's a great question. I'm not sure. Yep. The, the problem is it there will be go. against Tulane. No matter what Tulane does the rest of the year, yeah. the problem is that it came against Tulane. You're right. You're exactly right. All right, Tim. Thank you. We appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, boys. All right, there goes Tim Fitzgerald, gopowercat.com. Let's give away, Tommy. uh, Let's have some fun with a giveaway here. We've got six packs. We're going to do six packs, and we'll start with the Wichita Thunder home opener coming up soon, Tommy. Nine days away, coming up on October 22nd. It's a Saturday night in Trust Bank Arena. The Thunder take on the Allen Americans. want to give you a six-pack of free tickets to the Wichita Thunder home opener. Another six-pack of tickets to Halloween Ends, the movie. It's the saga of Michael Myers, and we're told it's coming to an end. I think we've been told that before, but here we go again. We're told it's coming to an end. Halloween Ends, horror movie fans, you'll get a six-pack to Boulevard Theaters over at Town West for that, and we'll throw in a couple of free iced tea cards from HTO Open West coming soon east. All of that for our third caller right now to 869-1240. Max will round us up a winner during the break. We'll come back. The latest in the Daniel Snyder saga next on Sports Daily. Back, everybody. Uh, Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Congratulations to our winner of our giveaway there. Lots of fun stuff. We love doing these giveaways. We'll continue to do that here on Sports Daily. We appreciate everybody listening in. We want to hook you up as often as we can. Uh, All right, Tommy. This Dan Snyder stuff is interesting, if nothing else. We've all always wondered, like, how does Dan Snyder stick around with everything that's surrounded? We've seen ownership change made in Carolina. We've seen, at times, things happen. Except for Dan Snyder, who appears to be the worst offender. Now ESPN reporting, basically, that Snyder just has a treasure trove of information on other owners and... Uh, Roger Goodell, potentially, that would blow up the league. You know, a lot of source citing in this story, but I think fairly believable, and it does make us curious why Dan Snyder has been allowed to maintain ownership of the Washington Commanders. This is going to get really ugly, and it already has to an extent. I mean, there's been Dan Snyder uh, stories for years going on, Uh, But this is about to get really, really ugly. And a lot of people believe that uh, Daniel Snyder is the source of the John Gruden email link, a leak from a couple of years ago that ended up having Gruden removed from his position as coach of the Raiders. And a lot of people believe that, and this is cited in the report, that uh, that was sort of a warning shot from Daniel Snyder. Like, hey, I'm going to leak this. And just to show that I can. And so stay away from me because I can leak a lot more. Is Does anybody think that there's not a treasure trove of dirt on NFL owners and Roger Goodell, by the way? Like, is there, sure there anybody is. out there with the notion that these billionaires don't have a lot of skeletons in their closets? Like, li- literally, is there is there anybody that believes that? I don't think anybody does. We all know that that is the case, right? Like billionaires have skeletons in their closet to become billionaires, most likely. Jerry Jones isn't even in the closet half the time, all the scandals he's been caught up in over the years. Like it's not – I just don't know. Even if this is the case, like this has got to be some dirt, dirt. If you're going to really challenge the place of the NFL and most of its owners, like – He's got to have some really damning stuff if that's what scares the NFL away from being done with this guy. Yeah, and and there are already uh, multiple investigations going on of Dan Snyder, and it was announced what like a uh, right before the start of the season that Snyder would not have day to day leadership of the the Commanders anymore; that his wife would. But he, I mean, you got to, you have to believe that he's still, you know, super involved in the day to day. But um, yeah, that the, there's a, a house oversight committee uh, that's going on that his lawyer sent. Uh, the NFL has commissioned another investigation of Snyder. But who knows how, if these investigations have any teeth or not because of potentially what Dan Snyder actually has. To me, it would appear that there is a campaign on one side 
to smear the image so hard of Dan Snyder that nothing will deter the public opinion from being anti-Dan Snyder. And then on the other side, if this reporting is true, there's Dan Snyder gathering as much information as he can and having that information to cause real problems for the rest of the owners in the league. If those two things are happening simultaneously, it would make sense why we have, in some ways, a stalemate. And I don't know where it goes after that. But what I do know is the league's not doing itself any favors by this type of stuff continuing to be a thing. Like, at some point, if you're the lead, don't you feel like you just got to sort of rip the Band-Aid off? Well, I mean, okay, so I, I want to be very clear. I'm not defending Dan Snyder at all because I think he is a reprehensible human being, uh, just the things that I've read about him over the years. But if he is, in fact, gathering dirt on other owners and Roger Goodell and the league as a whole, what he's doing is basically playing chess. It's a chess match right now because he sees what other owners in not only the NFL but in other sports – uh, the, the processes that have been taken to have them removed. And so if he can, you know, have ammo to defend himself, that's what he's going to do. Robert Sarver with the Suns just recently uh, was the subject of that, and he's going to sell his portion of the Suns. It happened with Donald Sterling and the Clippers. It's happened with Jerry Richardson and the Panthers a few years yep. ago. So there are mechanisms in place for these leagues to be able to remove ownership from somebody, regardless if they're a billionaire or not. Uh, there are ways that, that these leagues can actually take action against that. So I'm not defending Dan Snyder at all, but in his mind, in his twisted mind, yeah, like let's, let's gather up all this ammo that I've got to protect myself and protect my ownership. Well, and look, you cited all those examples, and Dan Snyder still has the team, which tells you yeah. most likely the league and other owners are probably frightened, and we're speculating here. I'm going to make that perfectly clear. We're speculating based on the CSPN reporting, but it makes some sense. And I, I rip the Band-Aid off. Like, there's I, – I because it's going to – I just don't know. Being blackmailed doesn't seem like something that a bunch of very powerful people would normally succumb to either. Like, I, I, I just the, – the level of dirt for Dan Snyder to roll out. Now, it would be interesting – Right. Like it would all be interesting and juicy and, you know, all of those things and make for good talking. But if it's really so damning that they couldn't just go ahead with this, I mean, it would have to be really bad, really bad, I would think, for the NFL and the owners to truly be scared of what he might put up there. I, I, I don't know. There was an interesting quote in there where basically Dan Snyder said, NFL ownership is is a mafia. They all we all hate each other. And then and then in the reporting, they cited another owner that said, "No, that's not true. It's just that we all hate Dan Snyder." Like, <laughs> we, we, like I, I just like if if he's toxic, if there's clearly enough ammo to get him out anyway, compared to what we've seen other guys get ousted for, there's got to be something there. And now we're talking about this. This is what I mean. Like now you now if you're the NFL, you have us wondering, like, well, what does he have? If that's yeah. the reason you haven't gotten him out of there, we're like, what what information does he have? I just well, right. at some point you've got to rip that band-aid off, man. Get yeah, get and, this guy out of there. 
Right. I, I also think that this uh, this takes it a step further because we've known for a long time how toxic the commanders, formerly the Redskins organization, has been. Um, that's been very well documented. And part of the reason why there have been these initial investigations and uh, a huge reason why part of the, you know, the, the narrative of Dan Snyder no longer having day-to-day -day operational uh, duties and responsibilities, which I don't buy that, but it is what it is, uh, you know, that we've known how toxic the, the workplace culture is. Now, that toxic workplace culture with that organization, it, it's permeating throughout the entire NFL. So Roger Goodell, um, you know, I, I don't think his hands are clean in all of this, and I'd be curious to know uh, what sort of dirt there is that, you know, Dan Snyder has. Uh, but you got to take action at this point. Uh, you know, Snyder has said in this article uh, that he's got dirt not only on fellow owners and executives, but also coaches and his own employees. And so that tells me all I need to know about the workplace environment of the commanders. And, you know, if, if there is anything that can be done from the NFL to improve that and to improve the overall workplace culture, it's got to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's got to be done. It's just a weird story. Weird, weird story that this saga is just going to continue. The other NFL storyline um, that has our attention is the NFL basically doubling down on the Chris Jones call and saying, look, we don't care what people think. We're going to defend these quarterbacks. When they're in a passing position, they're vulnerable, and we'll defend that call, and we'll keep making it. I don't think that's the answer a lot of people wanted to hear, Tommy, but it's the answer from the league at this point. The, I'm not sure how they I'm not sure down. how I feel about that. Well, I don't think they have to double down. I think they could say we'll review it in the off season. Like we've had some disparity, and we know that these these calls are impacting games. So we'll take a look at it. But to definitively the way that they did it just makes me think that they have they the, the NFL feels like it has more to lose by star quarterbacks being injured than by people being annoyed by roughing the passer calls. Yeah, and I think and that I, I probably agree with that, by the way. The NFL has more to lose if we get games with Carson Wentz and Justin Fields and bad quarterback play and, you know, dud games, low-scoring games like we saw last Thursday. There's overall big picture. There is more for the NFL to lose by that than to seeing its, its better players get hurt. And the greatest threat to the NFL obviously being, you know, severe head injuries to players and all of those things. Maybe they do just stick with this and say, sorry, this is the way it's going to be. Well, I think the NFL, they have to choose which kind of outrage from fans uh, or just the public in general they are willing to take more of. Are they, are they willing to take more of fans outraged about head injuries or are they willing to take more outrage on fans complaining about bad calls on the field? And, and they're, they're clearly going to want to take more outrage on bad calls on the field uh, because that, I mean, that's, that's a, a call on the field by a referee. It's not, you know, somebody's livelihood in their life and that sort of thing. So I understand their, their position on doubling down on that. Um, I don't, I, I don't agree with it. I feel like they need to review the call. I feel like they need to figure out exactly which direction is going to be best to make it, you know, to, to not neuter the game and to actually make it watchable and enjoyable and somewhat, uh, of a, um, 
you want to protect the players, but also you want to make sure that it's, you know, the, the game is actually being played in the spirit that it's meant to be played. Um, but I, I, under, I understand why they're doubling down. And, and to your point, they have a lot more to lose when it comes to head injuries than anything else. And so they're, they're for sure going to double down on that. I just wish there was a way to accomplish both because you don't want people do get annoyed when the outcome of the game is altered. But do we get so annoyed that we would stop watching? I, I think the answer to that is no. Um, I think you do lose fans and you do lose kids playing the game, though, with severe injury. So I, I do think that answer is fairly obvious, right? The NFL definitely has more to lose by quarterbacks getting hurt and players getting hurt in general. And quarterbacks' injury risk in a prone passing position is higher. I mean, of course it is. But that doesn't mean you can't at least try to get to a place where you're also protecting the integrity of the game and pass rushers and sacking the quarterback are as critical to the defensive side of the game as you can have. Chris Jones could not have done, or Grady Jarrett, those two guys on those plays, they could not have done anything different to make those plays safer, right? Like nothing different could have happened. Both of those guys, I thought, did a relatively good job of trying to protect the quarterback as best they could. And the inconsistency is a problem, too, because we saw Patrick Mahomes on a play pretty violently thrown down. That should have been a penalty. We saw one on Sunday Night Football with Lamar Jackson. That should have been a penalty. So, and I know that you hate this and and your, your reasoning is good behind it on why taking a look at these may not be the best answer. But at least I think it could help in the most obvious situations like, and, and here's an example. So, the Chris Jones play. It's called roughing the passer until you look at it and see that he stripped the ball away. And then it's like, well, man, like that's that makes that play different. Or, in the Tom Brady play, you take a look at it and you say, okay, that was that was just a natural movement to the ground. We got that one wrong. His head didn't hit the turf, nothing like that. And on the flip side of that, you can go back and look at, if if it's challenged or whatever, like let's say Andy Reid wanted to say, you can't whip the quarterback to the ground like that. I'm going to challenge that. They would have looked at that and said, oh, that's for sure roughing the passer. Or if there's an instance where you think somebody's hand hit the quarterback in the head, or maybe you think maybe they didn't call it and you think it did, those are – like there are some things that – I think could be definitively, you know, positioned that, yeah, he either hit him in the head or he didn't hit him in the head. Like, that's not a that's not up for debate, right? He's, he made contact with his helmet or he didn't. I don't know. I, I think there's got to be an, a better answer than nothing, but mm-hmm. I do think that nothing is a better long-term answer for the NFL yeah. than injuries. <laughs> You're not you're not going to convince me that the NFL and the officiating will completely screw up any kind of well, review they'll, they'll or screw anything. some of it up. They because the bottom line is that they have to they, in 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 reviewing that they've got to be reviewing intent, and that's so difficult to do in slow motion replays and judging that intent. Um, I, I mean, it, I guess I guess if that's something they want to give give it a try, go for it. I just don't have any sort of confidence that it's not going to end up poorly. 
Well, I think at that point we have to make a decision. Are we willing to have the reviews go poorly or are we willing to accept bad calls? I mean, I think we have to – we're just – because because I don't think that wholesale change is coming to the way the rule is written out right now. It, I don't think the NFL is going to do it. I, they, they, I don't – they just they, – they feel like they have too much to lose, and I'm not sure that I disagree with that. So we've got to decide which we're okay with. Are we are we okay with bad calls or are we okay with with confusing reviews? I think I'd rather have confusing reviews than bad calls. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you on this Thursday edition. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs continue tonight. We get the American League games. Tommy, your Braves get a win last night. The Padres even the series. So we've got two 1-1 series there. Tonight, Seattle, Cleveland try and do the same. My biggest question, Tommy, can Seattle overcome the way that game one ended? Yeah, definitely a deflating loss for Seattle. That walk-off home run by Jordan Alvarez for, for Houston was, I mean, Incredible. It just is what it is. Um, and, and so that's going to be huge for the Mariners uh, to try to bounce back from that. I think that both baseball games today, I mean, I know there's one in the afternoon and then one uh, later this evening. Both of those baseball games are going to be better viewing experiences than Thursday night football. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with that. I do think on Thursday night football, Real quick, because I agree with you on baseball. I think we got a chance for some good games, and they're intriguing. I'm glad that we get Seattle-Houston as a day game. Um, Thursday night football has a chance to be okay. I, I think that, and I don't think it's going to be, but I think it has a chance to be. Justin Fields is a really interesting player. He definitely played better last week than he has. I think that Washington has a lot to prove. I think the Brian Robinson storyline is interesting. I think that the Ron Rivera quarterback comment this week where he threw Carson Wentz under the bus is interesting. I I do think there's a little bit of intrigue in some of the big-picture outlooks for this team. These these teams, I should say. Because both of these teams look like they're in, you know, the gutter. Maybe they both aren't in the gutter. Right, Maybe there's a chance that either of these teams is just a little bit better. I, I think last week the problem was those teams we we thought were going to be better, and they've both just been total duds. These teams, one of them still may be interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for straws here. I don't know. But I think I there's nothing. enough exciting players. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I'm I, watching baseball. I'll just tell you that much. I'll, watch, well, I'll be working, so I'll kind of have an eye on both as much as I can. I'll... I don't know. I just, I'm glad I didn't watch last week. I hope that it doesn't repeat itself. This is Thursday night. It's got the big money behind it. Now we got to find better matchups than this. Not that last week anybody thought, everybody thought last week's matchup was going to be good. This week's, who scheduled Washington and Chicago and ever thought this game was going to be great? Uh, anyway, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up on Sports Daily next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 